and welcome to another edition of The One Team We Agree On. I'm Jillian. And I'm Kyle. And we're excited to have a very special guest on today. Yes, our guest today um, has been the union play-by-play broadcaster for the last eight years. He's also a play-by-play uh, broadcaster for ESPN, the New York Riptides, and he calls the U.S. Open Tennis and he's a graduate of uh, Indiana University. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Dave Leonard. Dave, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Jillian, for having me on. I'm very excited. We're all union through and through. I'm fired up, and I can't wait to get this started. So I'm delighted to join you both. We're delighted to have you, too. So um, before we get started, what are we wearing today? All right. Well, I'm wearing my Jose Martinez MLS bootleg shirt um probably the first of many i think i'm going to purchase so <laughs> it is awesome though quality work highly recommend and i'm wearing my uh, this is actually one of the first tops i got from you this is like 2018 it was like just a warm-up top i got on the teams um at the team store like one of our very first games we went to never wear it. it's a long sleeve and one of my favorite things to wear during the fall so i thought that was appropriate yeah so how about you dave what are you wearing <laughs> Gosh, I'm wearing one of these uh, polos here. It's probably from a couple of years ago. I just dug something up and, you know, I, I don't wear this a lot. I think I wear it to a couple broadcasts, but I had to pull it out for a special podcast appearance with you two. So it only comes out a handful of times. So I kind of wear like the latest polos that, that come out. So uh, happy to rekindle the magic here. Nice. Looks good. Definitely. And so uh, before we get started, make sure to subscribe and follow us and please interact. Um, we are on Twitter at T-O-T-W-A-G uh, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at The One Team We Agree On. And you can listen to us on Apple, Google and Spotify as well as YouTube. So please like and leave a comment. So um, Dave, we'll go ahead and get started here. So for those that might not know your background they just know you uh as the voice of the philadelphia union kind of give us a brief history of from college to now and ultimately how you got started and where you are in broadcasting yeah it's a great question well first off thank you both so much for having me and, and hello to all the union fans that are listening or, or watching this uh as well um i have a very versatile background uh meaning i've, I've called a, a number of sports um, I was always that type of kid growing up that always wanted to be involved in sports. And I think when I got to like middle school to early high school age, uh, I think it shifted from, you know, maybe playing professionally, which I played everything um, to, to wanting to, to do this as an announcer, to, to be a part of the sports industry. I remember my senior year of high school uh, hosting the sports morning announcements. And we had a segment where people can watch, you know, the high school students can watch in our big high school in, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Council Rock High School South, uh, the morning announcements during homeroom. And they would watch me do Leno's Locker Room. And I would be the sports guy. And I would say, oh, the bowling team is going to play Hatboro Horsham at 315. Or, and, you know, and then the basketball team lost last night to Plymouth White Marsh. And I go through the stats and I just got that bug. And I used to, I used to take a camera with me and go to, soccer games in council rock or football games and be the public address announcer or shoot assemblies by myself edit programs by myself i just wanted i did toys for tots you name it so i had that go-getter personality guys from a young age very involved 
Uh, then that that led me to wanting to to look at colleges and and I I never went away growing up. I always went to a day camp in Bucks County for a number of years, and I wanted to go to a big school that had a big athletics program. And I got in very early to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, in the Big Ten. And I went out there uh, with my parents, and I fell in love with it. it. Had a very reputable journalism program. And right when I got on campus there in Bloomington, I didn't know anybody. Nobody from my high school went there. One kid from Council Rock North did, and we knew each other playing basketball um, together. But we were in, he was a business guy, and I was a, a journalism guy. Uh, but I was very involved with student radio, student TV. I was actively calling. I think the first sport I ever called in Indiana was soccer. And the Indiana men's soccer program has won like eight national titles. Um, very historic. Uh, the Yagleys, who are the, the Jerry Yagley, the father, and now the son, Todd Yagley, their men's head coach, both from Pennsylvania. Um, also, the women's soccer team, I did a number of games. Student radio, also for the athletics department. And as time grew... Um, I traveled my junior and senior year with the volleyball and softball teams at Indiana. We made a sweet 16 for volleyball. I made an NCAA regional for softball. And that's where I first got my mini break on the Big Ten Network, which started when I was in college. And at 21 years old, my first ever national TV broadcast as a play-by-play announcer on TV uh, was Indiana against Ohio State field hockey. Two weeks later, Big Ten called me to do Indiana-Michigan men's soccer, like in prime time on a Saturday night with Richard Broad, a, a well-acclaimed coach um, and also a scout, uh, former scout in MLS. And those experiences really were the, the foundation of a lot of different sports from doing public address announcing with the Trenton Titans of the ECHL, which is like double-A hockey. That team's not even – in existence, they were the double A affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers. That was public address announcing, not doing play by play. Then getting in with ESPN at 2012, doing a lot of college basketball, which then led me to football, doing soccer, swimming and diving. Um, also working with a company called Comcast Sports Southeast, <clears throat> doing volleyball, the Sun Belt Volleyball Championships um, at Western Kentucky University and also at Troy University in Alabama. And uh, many other things came during that time. I got in with the U.S. Open, doing U.S. Open tennis uh, since 2013, doing arena league football, but a, but a league lower than the AFL called the PIFL, where I would be traveling around the country calling games through chicken wire. Um, still called some college <laughs> soccer with ESPN a couple of times uh, during that. I played soccer growing up. And, and I think around all of those experiences – or was getting national games with ESPN and other things I had coming my way. Um, I got wind that the union were looking for uh, a voice of Bethlehem Steel FC. And in 2016, I got that job to be the inaugural voice of the union's USL affiliate where Bethlehem Steel you know, played their games in, at Lehigh University. And that role also allowed me to do pregame, halftime, and postgame on Philadelphia Union broadcasts with Marissa Pilla. And we had a ball, which then led me to filling in for JP on play-by-play and over time doing more and more with the first team. So before I lose my voice, that's kind of the whole story. That's, and that, that's interesting because 
you know, when I went back, I was looking as we were preparing show notes, you know, I saw your long, like, history of what you've covered. You covered, like, you said, like, the, the uh, ECHL Trenton uh, hockey team, you know, you, you've done it all. And I guess my, my next question is, who has influenced you the most? Because from where you started to where you are now, who would you say are some of your mentors and, and influenced you? Well, one of them um, undoubtedly is JP Adela Cameron. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my voice is yeah. going um, And working with with JP has been has been so meaningful uh, since I <clears throat> came onto the team in 2016, and just being part of the broadcast with him and Peter Pappas at the time, Tommy Smith, uh, Marissa, uh, Sebastian mm -hmm. Latou. Shane and Williams, Tony, uh, people who have filled in uh, Tony Miola on, on analysis or Yanish Mahalik. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> JP has been one of those guys with the union, undoubtedly, uh, that treated me with so much class and welcomed me in and always would be that first phone call when he would not be able to make a game, uh, a union game, if he had to do a Fox game or the World Cup. You know, I would be that guy to step in for him. And he taught me how to call the game to the Philadelphia Union audience and <clears throat> historical stuff that I didn't know about the Union before that. So he's a big one. Another guy who comes to mind with, with the Union specifically is Kevin Casey, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Kevin Casey is the public address announcer uh, for the Union, amongst other places. Kevin's a day one Union guy, just like JP was. And Kevin, I've known since interning. I interned all throughout college, working for free for when I came home in the summers. And Kevin would always, you know, keep track of my career, where I was going from uh, doing Camden River Sharks baseball, where he was the PA announcer and I was the intern for the with the broadcast team, uh, to seeing me do hockey in Trenton, like I mentioned, uh, to jumpstart my career, <clears throat> and then other things. Uh, Kevin's been a guy that's known me and my family for a long time. He's another one. And then there's other, you know, ESPN announcers and national announcers that I've talked to and had on Zoom broadcasts like Kevin Harlan, who does CBS and TNT and, and, and Turner stuff, um, as well as just friends and colleagues locally that are in the same business that I am. Uh, Jason Lee of PHL 17. I was talking to you recently and he he's a mm -hmm. big friend advocate of what I do. And, and just like I am with him amongst others, uh, I looked up to locally in the mark, just being from Philadelphia area, Mark Zuma for the Sixers. I've talked to mm -hmm. over time, had a lot of conversations with also has, you know, filled in on union games of the past, really even before I got here up until when I first uh, broke in and zoo's been, zoo's been great. Got to know him over the years. Um, Merrill Reese a little bit. I love Merrill. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've worked at his WBCB station doing stuff through the one of the minor league arena league football teams. I was telling you about the Trent Freedom where I got to interact with Merrill and I look up to him and, and Tom McCarthy. I don't know as much with the Phillies, but uh, always you know admire his broadcast, how professional he he calls a game from from baseball to to the NFL to even college basketball. And I interned with Tim Saunders. Um, you know, Tim and I have, lost touch a little bit uh 
over time. But I always tell people that work with him, tell Tim, if he remembers this little Dave Leto guy who interned with him at the Camden, he was doing baseball with me at the Camden River Sharks. Oh, wow. I'm in addition to his flyer stuff, but him mm-hmm. and, and there's so many others uh, nationally. Ian Eagle, uh, I get to work with uh, Andrew Catalan, who's with CBS, does the NFL. So there's so many people I could name drop, but um, there's a host of men and women that have given me opportunity to show what I can do. And I'm very appreciative of that. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about learning from, you know, people kind of picking up advice as you kind of go along your career. It was the same with me and coaching. You know, you, you always kind of knew the people around your hometown and who've been in it. Um, and so that's really cool. Um, where, what would you say from when you started, what was the best piece of advice you ever got? And for somebody that maybe is listening now that, you know, is in high school says, Hey, maybe this is something I want to do. What, what would be the best piece of advice you could give them? Try to say yes to almost every opportunity, even if it's not the sport that you want to broadcast, or if you want to cover, if you're a journalist, I mean, the first national televised game I did was field hockey. I didn't know anything about field hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Indiana, Ohio State um, on the Big Ten Network. I went to the coach three weeks before that assignment, and I said to the coach at the time, Amy Robertson, I don't know much about field hockey, but I'm going to do a great job because um, uh, I want to come to practices. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to other student athletes. I want to – if there's any advice you can give me, um, I want to be around, be seen, and I, I, I want – I don't want people to think this is Dave's first time on a national television or B calling the field hockey game and me getting thrust into that situation. She gave me Olympic uh, field hockey DVDs of how the announcers called. And I, I just put myself in what I would say was a very uncomfortable situation. And I would say to people, and I hate to use cliches guys, even when I, whether it's off air or on air, but like I wasn't afraid to fail in the situation because I knew I was so prepared for the game. It got me confident. That's why like people ask me, do I get nervous? And I would be lying if I said I didn't. Of course, there's something that's going on in my stomach that I'm, I'm excited. But I know how to channel those nerves when the red light goes on when I'm on live TV, whether it be local in Philly, nationally with ESPN or somebody else or um, – hosting a show to just to an audience, not even on TV or, or being on a podcast for him because I feel like we're amongst friends and we're talking. And when you're confident in your work, I feel like you just come across genuine. And that's, that's the guy I am. I, I, the other piece of advice I say is, you know, treat, treat people with respect. And today I feel like, uh, and I'm a young up and coming broadcaster and I'll tell you, it's a little bit lost today. I, I think a lot of people don't know how to look someone in the eye or say hello and hold the door. Like those mannerisms that our moms and dads and our grandparents taught us. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, pro- I'm probably sounding twice my age now, but it's kind of waning with the younger generation. And then I, I tell a lot of younger broadcasters, you treat everybody the same, whether it's uh, the attendant in the press room to the person you're doing the game with, to the producer, director, your statistician, um, somebody else in the press box, uh, to the janitor downstairs, mm-hmm. everybody puts their pants on the same way and you treat everybody the same and you, and, you, and, and people will know your true colors, seeing what you do when you're not on air or not doing your job as well. Uh, I like to think those traits are just been something that is instilled with me since I've been very little. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm very fortunate that over time, 
that I've grown in my career or one thing, whether it's been timing, luck, I got a job because I applied for whatever. It just led me to to kind of get to where I am and, and obviously still have goals and aspirations uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, that's quite the impressive resume um, covering all those different sports. So, I mean, you've clearly worked hard to get where you are. And it, I think Philadelphia is really fortunate to have such great broadcasters in our area. I mean, some of the names you mentioned, too, they're just some of the best in the business for sure. Um, and I think that's a huge part of enjoying the broadcast. You know, like when you listen to people like Merrill Reese and like Scott Fransky, I love listening to him on the Phillies yeah. broadcast because it just conveys so much of, you know, the emotion of the game. And and when I listen to you do it as well, you know, definitely. So I oh, think, yeah. you know, we we in the Philadelphia area should all feel very fortunate to have such good um, broadcasters that we do. Um, so, yes, but yeah, that's tremendous. Um, so, yeah, that's great to hear, like all that experience and great advice to people getting into it. Um so um, traveling to cover the team like you do, um, but with, and with other sports as well, you know, we want to touch on a few things. Um, so what are the top three favorite cities to travel to and why? Well, you got to remember, this is our first year traveling because from <clears throat> day one till now, we did mm -hmm. all our games from 6ABC in Philadelphia before mm -hmm. that. Uh, when I first joined uh, the team at the Comcast Network on studios in Delaware Avenue. So we didn't travel, which was uh, definitely, I thought, uh, a deterrent. It's, I mean, mm -hmm. it, very grateful to be doing the games from a studio and a beautiful studio at, at both situations at Comcast and at 6ABC. I really miss the 6ABC folks going in there where they do action news and the beautiful studio they would give us with the set, the lights, the monitors. It was, it was great. But I think you guys can understand. And this is across mm -hmm. all sports. I hate hearing that when teams won't travel their announcers. It's something that is to be said when you're broadcasting a game at the game, you know, where you you, mm -hmm. you right. hear, the, hear the crowd, you can see everything that's going on. I can see, I can get into the, the minute details of seeing the subs warm up, seeing people's mm -hmm. uh, reactions just by looking at them versus what the camera is showing you. Um, and just to, and I'm big on, especially now my role as the radio play-by-play -play guy at the union, I'm big on description and mm -hmm, it's hard mm -hmm. to do a radio call, um, watching a television monitor, because again, you're, mm -hmm. you're only going off what the camera is when I'm at the stadium and I'll, I'll get to some of the favorite cities this year. Cause now I am traveling with the team, which has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's cool to document that whole picture for the listening audience as simple as you know our walk in the stadium and where the locker rooms are and how the team's coming out like i would never get that if i didn't travel just some of those those finer details that i try to weave into a broadcast how how's the the crowd filled in what's the supporter section like on the road um how many union fans have traveled that that sort mm -hmm. of thing um as far as favorite cities this year which has been amazing we've been traveling during the playoff run as well um, ironically, I'll tell you, my favorite road stadium has been Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. I'm excited that we'll be going back for the Eastern Conference semifinals there. TQL Stadium, which opened a couple years ago. I mean, that press box is like a college football press box. Our booth is big. It's it's high, but not too high. It's kind of equivalent to maybe a little bit higher calling a game from Subaru Park. Subaru Park's view for, for the media, you both, I'm sure, can attest to it. 
is beautiful okay. and as well as a broadcaster mm-hmm. goes right off that center line um it is a great great view it's not a, we i'm not in a booth as big as the the tv booth but um it is gorgeous and plenty of room for me and whether I'm doing the game with Shane and Williams or Sebastian Latour, our producer, Kaya Morello and, and others, uh, Marty Dickerson, our engineer, and others who are facilitating <clears throat> the broadcast. Um, so very grateful for that setup. Um, but TQL Stadium um, definitely uh, is number one for me as far as uh, the atmosphere is great. Um, it's kind of like a European stadium. Like it's downtown on the west end of town. Like I think we, I don't know if we're staying at the same spot, but we stay closer to the middle of town but in this neighborhood that's called like over the rhine um mm-hmm. neighborhood in cincinnati um it's tons of uh, uh cool restaurants i was gonna say like up and coming but it's really not it's there it's like a lot of young professionals <laughs> and um they're building up the area around the stadium but it still feels like that downtown stadium where <clears throat> shannon and i walked i think we got a pregame bite at a pizza place and then walk through a park to the stadium, which uh, hopefully we'll get to do uh, before uh, the game against uh, Cincinnati again. So that sticks out just when you ask me. Um, I love doing a game from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, uh, just how gorgeous that venue is. Uh, the broadcast booth is very high up, so we are you, you kind of feel away from the action a little bit compared to some of the other soccer-specific stadiums. Of course, that's in an NFL venue where Atlanta plays but gorgeous I mean when you're on the turf there down and you're looking up with the the whole opening with the circle up top I mean it's you're it I'm like a fat kid in a candy story it's 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 great uh being there so that's that's another one and then I like like the other trips uh Nashville just go in there how beautiful Nashville I've been to Nashville doing other broadcasts as well Uh, Nashville Stadium is pretty cool just outside the downtown area thought I thought it would have been a little bit closer to broadway and it is close it's like a 15 minute drive which is not far at all but it's not walking distance so it wasn't what i thought stadium's nice in the middle like of a neighborhood as well and great mm-hmm. support and then the the last one I'll, I'll i'll give you uh columbus uh columbus has which the union could be going there for mm-hmm. the final there orlando hoping that we win and take care of business Again, Cincy, uh, Columbus is another <clears throat> great downtown area. I have a cousin mm-hmm. who goes to Ohio State, uh, but we stay in the downtown area, and you can walk through the downtown and where the Columbus Blue Jackets are, like further towards the river, um, all kind of within walking distance. It's a little walk, but that's a, you know, one of a you know lower dot com field, two tiers. Uh, their supporter section is raucous. Our booth is closer to the end, like towards the end line. So not like the best view for a visiting radio, but another, I'm all in on the atmosphere. So you can put me, like I've called games um, on top of roofs uh, through chicken wire. So I don't want to come across like I'm complaining about any view because that's Mm -hmm. not the case. I mean, I've, I could go through all my, my young career of different Mm -hmm. venues where I've had, you know, views that weren't great. And you know what, you'd be as professional and honest with Mm -hmm. the audience as possible and mm-hmm. uh, you you try to have a great experience. And I, I'm very fortunate um, very grateful to the union that they do travel their broadcast team beginning this year. Mm-hmm. So I've had a ton of fun with, uh, with our whole crew and getting to know uh, not just um, 
the way we travel, but the the coaches, the players, so just seeing us interact outside of like going to training or just a, a game day. I mm-hmm. think uh, it's it's nice to be a little part um, of the Union family on the road. Yeah, I mean that's interesting that you brought up Cincy because um, I know that's the place we haven't been yet, but we're heading out. Um, going? We're going to Cincy yep. next week. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. going. Oh, so. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, I, Shane out. and I have run into uh, uh, several fans. Um, there's one family in particular that we ra- we ran into them um, with a group of like, gosh, twelve to fifteen people. They rented a house in Cincy, and we also saw them um, before one of the uh, recent games uh, as well. I think it was New England. Mm. Um, New England's cool. Doing a game in Foxborough is awesome. Mm-hmm. The boot is great. You're low, um, but you know I love the soccer specific stadiums, and I, mm-hmm. I did mention Me Mercedes Benz as well. Uh, but Mercedes-Benz is beautiful on its own, but there's something to be said about uh, the soccer-specific stadium. So I'm excited uh, that you guys are going to Cincy. I'm sure you have a lot of great yeah. work, uh, ready to go. Yeah, we're real excited. I mean, road tripping out there, um, you um, know, so we, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I, seeing these soccer games has been a great way just to see different parts of the country. I mean, that's got to be a really cool aspect of the job, you know, getting to see some different places. And uh, I know for us, like we went out to the Colorado game too, this back year. in May. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. And we'd never been. Oh, it was, it was, so I, I love the stadium. It's, it's very tiny. Uh, yeah. It's MLS 1.0, as I like to say. Um, she was down the sports section. I, I ended up going up to the press box, um, which is funny because it was me and Todd Lewis doing the post-game presser. And it was basically him and I in there in this little locker room. Talk, uh, just giving those two and Jim, just, just us and Jim. Wow. And it was a really cool experience. You know, you talk about experience, yeah. just sitting there taking your notes and asking questions. It was a really cool experience. And it's a beautiful stadium. It's out kind of north yeah. of Denver, Commerce City, Colorado, middle. right? Yeah, it's yeah. Not- yeah. There's a wildlife preserve next to it. So literally before the game, we went on this wildlife hunting out to check out like the buffalo and all different like animals it, it was a really cool time and yeah. the other thing i really liked about it is the view before it started getting dark you could see the mountains and everything it's just a really nice day my i we even said we encourage people to go out there um there's not a lot to do around the stadium itself but it's a cool thing it's a cool it's a cool place yeah i, I, I think the going on a on a road trip uh it's just a the bonding experience, whether with friends, family, or I'm in a working capacity, I, I, you know, doing the game is obviously, you know, going to a game as a fan or broadcasting the game. Um, yeah. That's, you know, what, you know, one of the, obviously the paramount reason why you're, you're, you're making the trip, but I think the memories that are made and uh, I can remember these long road trips that going back to where I, I didn't make any money. And like you said, like doing games, um, you know, start my career in Indiana with the Indiana Daily Student, our student newspaper that published five days a week. Kids would read it like you wouldn't believe college kids would read a newspaper, but it was just as big as the Philadelphia Inquirer. And I'm not exaggerating. And kids would read it so much like like before every class because that was like the thing to do. And I used to write for the sports section um, my like freshman and sophomore years. And, you know, I would take road trips to from Bloomington, Indiana to 13 hours to Minneapolis to Minnesota to cover like Indiana versus the Minnesota Golden Gophers at football or the Vikings uh, used to play at the Metrodome or 
take the drive out to Penn State from Bloomington or to Champaign, Illinois, or, you know, other places outside the Big Ten or even into Kentucky to do games at Rupp Arena. So I'm happy you guys went to, to Commerce City, and I'm glad you're going to Cincinnati and hopefully many more uh, road trips to come. That's very exciting. And congrats on, on, on doing all that stuff. That's great. Thank you. And it's been it's been a passion. Like, I, I think this year we're probably, depending, hopefully a win. Hopefully yeah. a win uh, next Saturday. You know, we'll see. I mean, let's say we just don't turn around, go back out to Columbus, or we uh, fly down to Orlando. I mean, uh, we're going to follow this team we did last we year. We went to the MLS Cup in LA. Last so year, we were there. so, it's yeah. Experience, so, so yeah. It's, it's, it's about the memories it's about the memories and it's about the experiences and uh it's something that uh, uh we're very blessed the union um mm -hmm. you know and, and this time that we get to share through the union well you know i mean it's the and, one the team friends. We agree on, so. and, and yeah. friends yeah it's one team we agree on the team he likes you know so that's right that's the most important thing and you also know that you know should we go not to get too far ahead of ourselves but should we get through the next two games, MLS Cup would be through Chester. Mm -hmm. Yep. Would be at yes, home. And Could you imagine, so like, the – I know, like, everybody was going crazy with the, the Messi game, the semifinal leagues. Mm -hmm. Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, we fell in that one. Uh, but the atmosphere, you know, I know there were mm -hmm. a ton of Messi fans out there. Um, the atmosphere was arguably the best it's, it's ever been uh, for a union home game. Right. Uh, just the, mm -hmm. the pause around it a lot in the casual four for four. I feel these sports fans that were talking about the union and I, I felt like and I'm always looking for, you know, I'm always a champion wearing my union gear out in, you know, Philly or the suburbs um, or even the tri-state area. Just always talking the union. Someone sees a jacket or a shirt I'm wearing to, to, to grow, to grow the product, to grow the brand. Uh, and um, I, I just think like it, Having the championship, the final here, I hope would have that messy like buzz in the area would would capture all those fans that know about us, that maybe follow from afar, that maybe aren't in like you guys when you went to, you know, your first game. You told me what twenty nineteen Atlanta game. Like mm -hmm. I I think I think we would capture so many people. Um, so I'm, I'm I do too. I, I, this group <clears throat> we played. You know, we played a ton of games this year. I think this will uh, upcoming will be game 51 across all Correct. competitions. I mean, that's crazy. So these guys, they got a lot of miles on their legs. Uh, we played all these different competitions, you know, including, you know, people forget. I know the the Open Cup game, that wild game um, mm -hmm. at Minnesota, um, you know, League's Cup champions, they are now called Champions Cup, and obviously the regular season and all these breaks in between. What are they going to have? Like, uh, you know, they're going to have a couple of weeks and then they go right to, you know, preseason in January down in Clearwater again. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping it continues. I want to see this group uh, yep. stay together mm -hmm. and, and kind of avenge what happened last year. And I, I, I do feel last thing, and then I'll uh, let you continue. I do feel like these guys still – they're not getting their due this year. I think everybody's talking about the the Cincinnati's who won their first trophy and hats off to them. An amazing year by Pat Newton and Chris Albright and their, their entire staff and mm -hmm. team. Um, Orlando's coming up really big right now, playing in a very attractive brand of soccer. Uh, Columbus as well uh, thumped Atlanta. 
um, in game three. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. Road for Nancy has them clicking. But I feel like, and there's so many teams on the West, but I feel like there's a lot of the pundits may say, oh, the union have been so up and down. And we have. Our coaching staff will tell yeah. you that. Our players have, will tell you that. And you both know we have been up and down. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. But I think the experience of us playing, you know, the final last year losing and penalties being up a couple times in that final, and then, you know, Champions League getting to the semifinal, League's Cup getting to the semifinals. I think, and we, we can win on the road, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we can. so, and I feel like we can get it done. And I think that these guys still, my sense is like, you know, all the puns can pick the other teams. So we come in as the four seed. I don't think the seeding matters. Mm-mm. I don't. So, uh, obviously, I'm I'm biased. I'm wearing the union badge. I'm not. I, I'm not just, just mm-hmm. saying company line here. I'll tell you like it is, and I, and I do get the feeling that we are kind of forgotten this year amongst many. Um, and I, I I think the guys. I think that resonates with the guys, and and I think they're gonna they're gonna give their their best shot. And and mm-hmm. I don't think people should be surprised if we if we do go out there and beat Cincinnati. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, this year. You know, we had the expectations coming in this year that were so high. And then all those games, the fact that this is the longest season in MLS history, right? Yeah. So all these games, and when you, but when you sit down and you literally look at it, because I track all the results and, uh, and all that, the union, we're fine. I mean, did they have seven wins like they did on the road last year? No, but they had five. That's still right. top three in franchise history, I believe. Um, it's right there. And so you hit, so for, for, the, for the people that are saying, well, can they do it? I don't know, this and this. They can still do it. They have the talent. It's Everybody's tired right now. And it's been such a long season. And now you got kind of the layover with the international break. So this is going to kind of segue into my next question here is first, what is your overall thought of this whole playoff format? Um, and then second, with this year in general, what is your thought on the Apple deal? How, how has it impacted the league, good or bad? And what do you think the evolution of it moving forward is? Well, I'll say this. The, the, the first thing is uh, with the playoff question, um, I do not like the format at all. Uh, I know I'm not the first to say that. Nope. <laughs> I, I, no, you're I, not. I, I, I don't like that we have 17 days to go from the end of uh, beating New England in game two to this conference semifinal at Cincinnati. You know, having said all that, I'm not, it's not the league's fault. Uh, entirely because there are international windows built in uh, to the schedule, to the FIFA window. So that's just a fact. Um, Could things have been better planned? Could things have been a shorter season? This, then you're bringing in Leaks Cup, which was new. There were a lot of factors. I don't think this will be repeated for next year. I think the league office has heard everybody, broadcasters, fans is the most important thing, the people that consume the product, advertising, and, you know, all these long layoffs, even like the three-game series that that we played, uh, or, or the best of three, against New England, you know, took a little bit of time. How many days was in between games one and two? I mean, it, it was it was long. Mm-hmm. 
right? It was like 11 days or something. I was, now yeah. I forget because I'm on the Cincinnati prep. But, uh, <laughs> I know it's, it, all friends it, 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 it really it, has. So what happened is we lost momentum, which I think playoffs is like the most exciting time of the year. The season is so long, right? Where I, you know, I remember the, you know, I can close my eyes and think back to when I was wearing a jacket in February and March and then taking it off quickly and it being 90 degrees down off the banks of the, the Delaware for games in, in July and August and then the league's cup run. I mean, it's a really long year. And I think for the, for the diehard supporters, the Sons of Ben, fan season ticket holders, people like you and me, you know, we know what's going on. You follow the stats, the figures, who's up, who's down, who's kind of the same transactions, but you're losing all that casual fan base. That's like, oh, the union are still playing. How are they doing? Oh, they're they're now a four seed. They're now a two seed, three seed. It's hard for those people to follow. And then you have the playoffs where there's a break and then there's this three-game uh, best of three, which is not new, was done before in the early days of MLS. In theory, it sounds cool. Um, mm -hmm. I love it. Um, I think, though, like when the union are up 3-1, I mean, and there's no aggregate, does it really matter? Mm -hmm. That's so if if you want to guarantee from moving forward that teams get a home playoff game, why not go back to the two game aggregate? Um yes. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, and I know it's been done before, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, so that's that's kind of so I would see it as in the future, if it was me, I would say sitting at the table, work out the schedule number one where there's no big breaks. I think you got to go bing, bang, boom, uh, whether it's a game, uh, single elimination every week and hopefully no FIFA windows or anything like that. Um, or, you know, I, I think it needs to begin like right after decision day. If you're going to have these wild card games, um, I would love to see them, you know, call me crazy. Like decision day is Sunday, you know, play the wild card Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, they're wild cards for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're just squeaking in the playoffs and then have the team that's on a bye play over the weekend and just, and then everybody else at the same time. Um, so that's what I would do. Either go back to the single elimination format or go to, you know, the two game aggregate um, series. And then you maybe do two games up until, you know, the final or maybe the, the conference final, something like that. So that's how I would rework the playoffs, whether that means a shorter MLS season in the playoffs. I also think to book in that point, um, that there's too many teams that are in the playoffs too. Uh, I think yes, the goal is that you know you play a regular season right, and you're you're trying to win the supporters. You don't have the best record. You should be rewarded based on your regular season results. Cincinnati was they won the supporters shield. The Union were in 2020 when we won the supporters shield. Um, look, we we had the re the record that we have now. What at 55 points? You know we we hold the better record than any Western conference team that's left. That's why we host MLS cup 2023. Should we get there? I think that's great. The regular mm -hmm. season dictated that, um, but allowing the nine teams out of the 15, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So could they go back to eight or seven? You know, I, I think that's something to be discussed as far excuse me, as far as the Apple TV deal, um, I, it goes back to my uh, 
casual, losing the casual fans. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, today with streaming services out there, Apple TV, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, ESPN Plus, you name it. It's a lot of money for people like Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. And at some point, families are going to pick and choose what they want to pay for. I know for season ticket holders, it, one account was given for free, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Thing. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, the vast majority of us have to pay for Apple TV. And it's, I, I mm-hmm. love the product. You know, I pay for mm-hmm. it myself. I oh, we do too. Mm-hmm. And it helps me. Yeah. Grab. It's easy to use. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I do, but I do think it took some learning. I can do it. Can my dad do it? Well, I can tell him what to do. Um, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's he he he's tech savvy enough. He could do it, but um, mm-hmm. you're, they're definitely targeting um, a specific younger demographic at that. And I know that's where MLS's fans are. I do think what I'm what I miss. One of the negative sides, as, as it pertains to me, is losing. You know the. The connection with the local fans on local TV. I do their games on the radio, mm-hmm. but interacting with uh, the fans on our set above section 113 and people would come by and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have come on the set and have a picture with Sebastian. Forget me. Mm-hmm. Just watching mm-hmm. us do a live pregame or postgame from the field um, or doing halftime there and, 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 and seeing young kids just get like excited. I used to be that guy that would look at announcers or former players and like on a set walking into a stadium and being like oh my god that looks so cool and then the interactions with um you know our whole broadcast team with i mentioned uh, the great jp delacamera mm-hmm. right uh, danny higginbottom uh, who's doing a great mm-hmm. job with apple and and tom mm-hmm. smith before him and and peter pappas before him and, and sebastian uh shane and williams marissa pilla and others who have been a part the broadcast team um i miss that um uh it, it it's it, we're very grateful that we still have a local broadcast it worked from tv to picking mm-hmm. up on the radio side sebastian latou and i um have done radio many people might not realize since 2020 um we actually did all the mls's back tournament games on fox sports the gambler at the time mm-hmm. um in 2020 um, when we would do it out of the stu- uh, out of the booth at Subaru Park off the monitor, because all mm-hmm. the games were on national TV. If you remember, mm-hmm. like ESPN, I think mm-hmm. in that Disney bubble down there, and um, um, we did all those games, and then that led to us doing the every time the Union were on national TV, we'd have our standalone radio broadcast as well. Um, Seba does the games now, uh, French TV for Apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Shane and Williams has been with me the last couple of years doing pregame, halftime, and postgame. And, and he's fitting great. We have a great rapport uh, on and off the air. And I uh, love calling a game with him, whether it's mm-hmm. him or, or Sebastian, our producer, Kyle Morello, and others who have set us up uh, for success. So, great partnership with uh 97.5 the fanatic this year which has been amazing distribution i think for the team uh getting just our our mm-hmm. brand out there mm-hmm. like your union mm-hmm. soccer uh on the radio in a in a top media market uh without a local tv presence is huge so 
the Apple TV gets you that worldwide distribution. Um, it's it's cool to navigate. I can scroll and watch any other uh, you know game pretty quickly um, and do prep work and what. But I will say that the league the league knows and they're they're going to listen to the fans that you know all the games start at the same time this year. Well, it was hard for a lot of fans to to follow other teams. What was going yes. on? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, so that the playoff schedule, I think these things, it's the first year and you mm-hmm. got, I know it's frustrating for people. And um, it's like, I love it. And then it's like, you know, I still miss the local TV that we had to say goodbye to everybody uh, mm-hmm. on decision day last year. That was really hard when uh, JP and I were on that set on the post game. And you know, I kind of gave the floor to JP and I just listened to <clears throat> him saying goodbye to everybody and, hugging him on the set. It's, it was very emotional. Um, and I wish we could still, <clears throat> I wish there was some way we still had a local TV component, but love doing the radio, very grateful to do it, uh, happy to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it's a long season, but I'm hoping that it's a great ending to a long season for the union in, in 2023. Having said all that, I know that was a lot. <laughs> No, you you literally hit everything throughout this season that myself, her, uh, like a everyone's lot, been saying. A lot of our friends, mm-hmm. other podcasters, people. When I'm up at, you know, everybody's saying this, and so. But I also agree that this is the first year, right? And mm-hmm. and so I'm not saying that this playoff format and everything I I do. I'm with you. I think they're going to go back, reevaluate because at the end of the day, MLS isn't going to just sit there and go, Nope, we're going to dig our feet in the sand. This is how we're doing it moving forward. Maybe certain things, but we've even said this, like they're going to go back and say, man, these games, we got to look at where, where can we optimize business, but also take care of player safety? That that's the hope, you know what I'm saying? And and, and the exhaustion and all that, you know. Yeah, that's the right. other thing. That's the other thing. We we've been talking about this too, the injuries, and yeah. not just on the union side. It's the whole you're, league. It's the whole league, mm-hmm. and you're and you're even seeing this in like European leagues. Um, you know, I was because my full time job, I work in the health field now, and there there's reports now about just overuse um soccer football it's it's not even just soccer it's all sports because we're just extending 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 competition but that's a whole nother ramp for a whole nother podcast no you're 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 spot on and look at it like this uh the best of three is a is a great idea in theory but correct me if i'm wrong the only seed that got upended or got upset was what sporting kansas city winning mm-hmm. uh you know they got through in the wild card right against san jose and yep. then they beat st louis yep. that was the only thing that, that was the uh, only one like of all the playoff matchups right there weren't any big upsets i, I know there were a couple game threes that i watched i actually yeah. watched all the playoffs uh because they're it's exciting and i'm obviously was. broadcasting in it so it's that's it, it, one thing but um i enjoyed it but did it did they did having the best of three give you like that? Oh my, I, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it didn't give mm-hmm. you that. Oh, here comes an upset brewing or this like it, you know it, it. There were some thrilling games. You know, I watched uh, you know the, the Seattle one, the um, mm-hmm. Houston RSL. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there were a couple of sweeps as well, including us over New England. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching, obviously, the Columbus-Atlanta game, and Columbus was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, a poor mistake uh, by center back Miles Robbins had led to the first goal for, mm-hmm. for Columbus by Darlington Agby rather quickly. Um, and then, you know, then Amundsen as a strike, then Alexander Matan was like one after the other. And then Atlanta would score like right away, like literally like a minute uh, later, which was pretty funny twice. Um, mm-hmm. But they just, they didn't pack the punch. I feel like the league thought they would. And that's, if I'm forecasting, I don't think they do the best of three next year, but they're going to, maybe they will. Uh, they're going to hear from their stakeholders. And that's not just us. <clears throat> that's the owners. That's the people with the money and and the advertisers and with Apple. And and if they if it's about getting games on, you know, and 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 having the lower seeds who make the playoffs get a home game, maybe you go to the aggregate, have total goals, make everybody happy to get their gate receipts. And because you're you're finding out now that the the top seeds will move on. I think uh, you both may know better than me, but I I don't think we've seen a seed lower than four or five win MLS cup in quite some time. No, no, I think I saw a report and again, somebody will correct me uh, if, if, if we're wrong. Exactly. I believe Portland was one of the lowest to get um, that New York Portland series. Um, 2021. That was like one of the lowest seeds to actually like matchups in terms of MLS cup. You're, you're, you're right. It, It, this year, last year, a lot of these times, I mean, this game, you look at the playoff brackets mm-hmm. and they're pretty much identical. There wasn't this upheaval other than sporting KC. Now, mm-hmm. my whole thought is where does this layover lay to? Because we look at 2020 when we had that layover with the union coming off of the, the supporter shield. We look at 2021, New England, NYCFC, um, that layoff for New England, I think they had something like almost a week, two and a half weeks because they played, if you remember right, the Union played, I believe, two games before they even played their first playoff game because they beat Nashville. And then I think, you know, we were waiting to see who we if we we're going to Boston or if we we're staying in Chester. So long story short, you know, this long breaks now the second, third mm-hmm. rounds, so they could get a little interesting. And don't forget, and people may not realize with the union in this game going into Cincinnati, is you have several guys that are on international duty, they're really only going to have like a day or two to train with the full team before right. they go out to the Queen City at Cincinnati. And that's tough, um, given the long, uh, the long break, like you're saying, um, it's and, and that's why, like, that first, like, people get so frustrated, including myself sometimes, you know, calling the games. But at first, 10, 15, 20 minutes, you're not seeing too much from either side. It's, it will it, – I think, like, we'll see in the Cincinnati game, there will be a feeling out process. Like, yeah, a, a bad mistake may cause an early goal in the, the third or fifth minute, which hopefully for the union that, you know, we're the ones scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I. I think going into this, like I, I wouldn't be surprised that it does take a full 20, 25, 30 minutes to kind of say, okay, now we're going to go into attack mode. We're not just going to sit here. We're not going to be conservative in our buildups, right? Or take some more risks with our outside backs moving forward to get just like tactically. Um, 
you know, are we going to be, you know, a little more, you know, sitting back in a block a little bit to start the game versus just, just sending everybody up on like a counter. Um, that's what I'm curious with how the teams are going to approach. And I, I mentioned this earlier in the pod, you know, union 17 day break, uh, Cincinnati 21. I think the other teams, it's all around 15 to 20 some, right? Yeah. 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 A few 18, 19, you're right. And, uh, so everybody's in the same boat. It's not mm-hmm. like someone has a competitive advantage over the other. The only advantage I would say for the higher seeds is, as we all know, is they're at home. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, uh, the union know how to win on the road. Um, like you said, they got the five, five wins uh, in the regular season, you know, went up there at new England in game two, which was, which was awesome to see. Um, and I'm, I'm confident the union are on, if they're in their top form and, and, you know, like I said, it may, maybe that 15, 20 minute mark to look out for, <laughs> I think we can win there. And we have won there before. And, uh, you know, this year, remember we played there early on in the year. We rotated a lot that game because that was in the mm-hmm. midst of champions. League. So yeah. some people might, might forget that um, where we, we lost one, nothing. And then, you know, the game here, we were up to nothing and, uh, you know, I know they drew two, two with us and the Pupenza kid that they signed. Aaron Pupenza's been playing very well. There's been some problems, I think, going on with him in the front office. <laughs> disciplinary things that I, I don't know everything. I'm not trying to no. break anything, but other than what I'm reading, it's yep. Um, so I know that's probably been tough for the club to handle. I know he's played with a lot of clubs over a, a short amount of time, uh, but but he was a great addition and he, he you know, had the goal against us to, to tie it. So, mm-hmm. uh I think they're missing a couple big guys though, right? They're, they're missing mm-hmm. Matt Miazga, U.S. international center back out due to yellow card suspension, Nick Aglin out due to injury. How are they going to adjust with three or five in the back? Who's going to mm-hmm. be that third center back? Will Ray Gaddis come in and be that right center back next to uh, Gerson Mascara and Ian Murphy. And then you have Arias right. right flying up the right. He's great. And obviously the danger man, Arguably their best player next to Lucho Acosta, who's an MVP candidate, um, mm-hmm. Alvaro Barriel, who gets high up the left. Like they're they are so similar to the Union. With uh, it's mm-hmm. it's funny to see right with with Pat Noonan. Uh, there's their head coach and Chris Albright. I know everybody on here listening or watching knows them and their background. Yep. But uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very very entertaining game, and I'm. I'm excited to see our guys because, like I said uh, a little bit ago, I think there's that chip that nobody's talking about us. I think right. they're ready mm-hmm. to deliver. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, Kyle, you know, our uh, away trip record has been pretty good. You know, five, four of those five away home or away games that they won, we were at those. Yes. We just weren't at Nashville. No. <laughs> so hopefully that carries on. Um, no, it, yeah. to, do you guys like to go early to the stadium? Like, what's your ritual? Do you like to walk around? Oh, that's a good tailgate. Like, what is your, what's your go-to plan usually? Well, well, okay. So the home games are always at the Suns Bend tailgate. Um, that's you know, except for I barely got to go to the last one because we were at a swim meet in Shippensburg mm-hmm. or uh, in Chambersburg. But um, yeah, for this one. I don't know. We're still kind of planning that one out. We're still planning that out. Usually, generally, when we go to, um, like, on the road. So, for yeah. instance, like Colorado, we kind of just walked around, took video, 
pictures, kind of took in the experience, got to see what like, you know, the vendors are. Is there any unique um like we look at like the food the options, food options. And, it's yeah. just, just interesting experience, yeah. experiences and then if if we're if i'm not in the press box um then we're usually like checking out a little bit more of the tailgate atmosphere etc cetera, etc cetera. um and if not you know she's usually you abandon me to go to the press box, box and i just walk around she'll about that. socialize and she'll go around socialize with other supporters yeah. that we've gotten to meet throughout the years and, and kind of enjoy that and yeah that's that, the crazy thing like the fact that okay. he can go up in the press box and i can get we sit you know, I'm in 136 at, um, you know, the river end, but like I can go up there and I know everybody and it's, it's no big deal. It's all family. And at the away games, I know enough people even, um, that travel. So that's been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just like hanging out with the other people that, um, go either official tailgates or we kind of do our own thing, you know? So, and it's been really cool with that, where I'm up there, you know, seeing different, um, different vantage point, as you know, being up there, um, kind of listening and hearing different writers, media thoughts on the game and, and collecting all that. And she's down there with the fans kind of seeing the visuals, the sights and the atmosphere. And then we bring it back and yeah, would you see what did I see? I'm and texting that, him like, was that a is that a PK? Yeah. Is that a PK? So what it, is that? It's <laughs> the two different kind of vantage points. And then we have friends of ours that are at home on TV, like texting us, like, hey, they just showed the VAR. This is what we think. This is what I think. So it's this really cool dynamic. And then at the end of the, the week or the end of the games, we kind of come back here and you know, mm -hmm. kind cool. of bring that together. Um, so it's been really cool experience for us in that aspect of our ritual, but generally like if we're both in Riverham, yeah. our rituals, the sons of Ben tailgate, walk around the stadium, talk to friends. Um, we always go look, look at, at, the, the, at the dogs, the dogs. And, and I think you guys at that. like the sons of ben, uh, ben tailgate moving from like its previous location where those beautiful training fields are to the, the paved lot there, uh, you know, outside that, that suite entrance. It's yin and yang. I like the old place because you could have that really, really nice march in where all the, you know, everybody's marching straight in the old way to the supporters lot um, and people walking around. But this new place, now you're seeing a lot of the crowd now with the Union Yards, which has been a nice addition. I think that's going to continue to grow. Now with the march, um, you know, you'll see more people kind of just sitting there walking, going, oh, I'm going to join in. You know, that mm -hmm. right Union Yard. Yeah, I see and, that, uh, like walking around. Yeah. Like, yeah. I watch from above, like they walk around like the sweet yeah. entrance all the way around like the um, where the uh, the fun stuff is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overall, I really like the new location. Awesome. And, yeah. And then it's been fun because after the game, um you know, I'll either be waiting for him to get done the press conference or I'll just go out and, um, you know, we've got the union yards to go to afterward and people hang out there and people hang out in the sons of Ben, um, you know, tailgate area too, just hanging out. So, you know, it's been pretty fun. Um, the before and after rituals that we've done. And honestly, like I've missed doing that, um, since we haven't been at home for a while, it's, it's been yeah. weird because we had a while where it's like all the time, it was kind of our social life, I think, uh, getting to do the tailgates and all that. So, um but yeah so i'm hoping hoping we get to be back at the soup this uh season yeah that would be awesome um two more questions here um i want to get your impression you kind of talked a little bit about the new england game but yeah. 
the improvement, especially of the homegrowns, uh, like Nate Harrell this year. How how impressive you've been with his improvement? Um, as Jim has called him, Ariel Harrell now. And if not just him, who else have you seen? And maybe not just the homegrowns. Obviously, you can name Chris Donovan too. Who else has impressed you in terms of? Oh wow, they've improved because for me and a lot of other people again it goes back to what i said earlier you know people are like oh the expectations were so high did people players regress this year and, and in certain spots maybe you could say yes no but who's improved to you this year well nate nate's definitely one of them um when he's getting time and and whenever he's flip-flop with you know on the right hand side with uh olivier uh, mm-hmm. whether he's played on the right for him or nate's at the flip over to the left hand side He's done a great, he's done a great job. Um, I think his defending is very strong. Um, I think that, you know, it's, to me, it's like the recovery sprints, you know, for like, he's always there. Um, If he's a step behind, I feel like he can get back and shut down a guy flying up. If he's playing on the right, that left-hand flank. Um, I also think he's so dynamic and fun to watch and fun to broadcast on set pieces. Uh, it's mm-hmm. his ability to, like Jim said, get in the air high. Um, he's he's terrific. Uh, I think that I, I've watched back some film on that. It's like his approach, and then it's like his approach, like a couple of steps, he'll like shade off a defender's back left shoulder, just leap up in the air, and give credit to the guy delivering the ball. I know the suspension's there for Kai Wagner, but but Kai's had a standout 2023 too. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, Absolutely. Obviously, a shame what happened. Um, right. Um, and uh, you know it's something that that shouldn't have been said. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Nate has to be commended to being the recipient of all those great set pieces from Kai. Right. So that's, that's, that's the first one. And I think Nate doesn't get, and I started off with the defending because I don't think Nate gets enough credit on that side. And whether it's the partnership with Bedoya on the right or where McGlynn has been on the right or Nate shifting over to the left and teams like I see, and I asked Jim, like, do you, do you find that, do you find our, our teams picking on Harriel's side more than Baizo with, and, and, and he said like, that's not necessarily the case. Nate's been great for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to give credit to the partnerships around him too. It's Jose Martinez at the base of the diamond or Jesus Bueno coming in, um, whether it's uh, Glasses before the hernia or, uh, or Jack Elliott, um, or, you know, or when he flips over to like the Damian Lowe side, for mm-hmm. example, D Lowe starts uh, on that side, all you know, those three center backs next to Nate have been great for him, including Andre Blake as well. Mm-hmm. But Nate has to be commended for shutting down or helping to limit a lot of the opposing wingers. And I think that attests to kind of, you know, I'm not going to break down the the tactical stuff that a coach could to you, but from a broadcast standpoint, he's not getting beat all that much in 2023. Um, Will he, uh, do I want to see him? fly up and take risks and, and send in more crosses like Kai would, for example. Oh my God, of course, who wouldn't, you know, I think mm-hmm. the union aren't putting in more like, you know, four or five or six crosses, a, you know, a half, you know, then we're, you know, we're, you know, we're not doing our job the union way. Um, so I love, you know, you could make the case that <clears throat> Olivier Baez would maybe gets up, it takes more risks forward than Nate Harriel does, for example. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I think when Nate gets scored, it chooses his moments too. You know, everybody's going to have a mistake here and there. It happens to everybody. You know, we saw, like I mentioned, Miles Robinson giving one away to Columbus. Things happen. I know it happened on one of the goals with Nate recently. Um, but in totality, uh, he's been great. The other one is Jack McGlynn. Um, McGlynn's who's, who's playing time. You remember at the beginning of the year was his starting playing time was, was right. spotty. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, but into like the, if I can recollect correctly, like middle of the year, then moving on, he's been in uh, you know, full intact to the starting lineup. I really, unfortunately due to the injury of Leon flock yeah. and McGlynn's, I mean, Jack is, to me, so well beyond his years. Like, it's like he's slow. You know when people say, like, that guy or girl, like, slows things down and just the game comes mm-hmm. easy. Like, you can apply that to swimming, diving, basketball, whatever, sport or anything in life. Like, I just feel like the game slows down easy for Jack. And it's his passing accuracy, his ability to, like, roll the ball, just like even, like, just like, like fundamentally from his left to his right, shift it back to his left, get him in position and then run back. And, and it's the type of crosses he puts in. Um, even some of the fires that I see saw him put out against New England, um, I thought mm-hmm. were great. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was the only one shutting down Noel Buck in one of the games, but, but Buck didn't have like the best game. I thought that he, and he's like a, a highly talented young guy, you know, coming up. And I think McGlynn and others, responsible for shutting on him and 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 others who were who could have been big up the right hand side i know farrell came up big he asked me a little bit about new england remember andrew farrell got a ton of crosses oh uh, yeah ariel mcglynn's side had a lot of real estate on the right and andre i know banned out the union a couple times on farrell um but but jack to me is having a fantastic year you mentioned the the front three about the numbers you got to remember and i think this gets lost Carranza, Ua, and Gazdag all had career years last year. Correct. Amazing numbers. You know, what was it, Gazdag had 22 goals last year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Insane. But look at the numbers this year, and I know Gazdag's had a ton for the penalty spot, so put that aside. Mm-hmm. But look at yeah. Carranza's numbers this year. Um, Ua, I know, I know Ua scores in bunches. We all know that. Um, mm-hmm. But the numbers – they're not equal to last year, but like Carranza's, for example, are not far off. From, I, I, he's got 13 or 14. No. So again, um, mm-hmm. ooh, the, the same thing over the 10 goal thresh mark, the same thing with Gazdog. Have they come from open play and have we seen the creativity and the type of goals that we scored last year that made our, our jaws drop? No, we, we haven't. No. And, that, no. and that, that's a fair comment. Um, I know there's been a ton of draws this year, which were, were so head scratching, right? Where we had what was it, six or six or seven straight draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That was tough, right? We could have been a higher yeah. seed, probably, um, if yeah. a couple of those turned into wins. Um, but now that Karan's is healthy, um, uh, he's back in training, um, uh, which has been posted on union social media accounts and and uh, that Hammy's doing well. I think that's huge. It, it's it sucks that former MLS defender of the year, Glesnus is still, you know, coming off the hernia surgery and, um, and he's, he's doing his best to get ready. Hopefully that can come back. Like Jim won't rule out like MLS cup. If we can get there, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I see him at training, um, 
He's off to the side and doing his thing. And and Leon Flock back with the team as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, the injury that happened to him, I think people forget. Um, I think, you know, the last one for me, uh, just to just to bookend this one is uh is Quinn Sullivan. Uh, when Quinn's yeah. on the hits, you know, Quinn's out there ready to rumble, uh, which I love. He's got you know, a Philly kid through and through. He's got that spirit. And you can tell when he gets into the game, he's hungry to make an impact. And I remember when he scored, I think it was against Charlotte and Dallas this year. I think it was a stretch of two goals in four games or two and five. Um, you just, you know, you would love to see him get on the field more. The mm-hmm. the issue is, and it happened when Paxton Aronson was on this union team. It's like like Gostog was in front of him. You know, um, you know that you can make the case uh, for Brendan Aronson uh, when you know I know Brendan played a little bit more than Paxton for our first team, but I recollect wasn't it Bork Doge, Bork Dogecal was like at that that number mm-hmm. ten position at that time. So it's a good problem to have because the union have put out some of the best like starters now in recent years than they have in the history of the club since, since the first year in 2010. So um, you, you mixed in, which I think is a great thing just in, in my time with the club and seeing the rest of the league um, you're mixing in youth with experience. You know, people can say all they want, all they want about Alejandro Bedoya. Bedoya, I think, you know, Bedoya gets to the green zone, which is that area that the coaching staff will tell you, like just outside the 18, like almost more than anybody. And, and it's also like I love his flicks off of set pieces, and he's the leader. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. you know, so I'm so happy that Bedoya is part of this team and, and and what he does on that that right side of the diamond, and that's why he's out there. He makes mm-hmm. it absolutely, and he does on the right so um are the numbers like 2022 absolutely not and for anybody to come on here and tell you where they they would be kidding um but you know you can make the case that you know we made little change from last year to this year you could say running the team back we lose Corey burke we don't have the depth maybe that we had last year those are all fair comments um, you know, we, we didn't have, you know, as many clean sheets we had last year. You know, we lost at home to Orlando in um, in the regular season early in March, and we lost in the League's Cup to Miami and this and that, you know, and Champions League happened. But like we said, like we said at the start, 51 games coming. Mm-hmm. The union um, have to be applauded for getting through the year and, and just hope that they give a quality performance against Cincinnati which I think they will. Right. I, I don't think either team is going in there and, and winning like three nil and say, and that's it. Yeah. Um, that would shock me if it's not scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If that's, if that's Cincinnati at home, I just don't, I just don't see that that both teams are too good. I know there's breaks now um, with the, the whole 17 day break for the union. Um, but both teams are just, they have too much quality within the club. And, right. uh, and obviously having Andre Blake uh, just lastly be the guy mm-hmm. that he is and, and he keeps our team in so many games um, as well. I think, you know, a lot of casual fans ask me, guys, like, how come Andre's not playing in Europe or this and that? And I, I counter and say, <clears throat> we are so fortunate. That yes, we are. Because, uh, you know, he's our – he is our quote-unquote safety net back there. He's our. I I love saying on air, 
There's another save for Brick Wall Blake. I mean, I, I yes, I, just, uh, mm. I I love when he makes that Herculean stop to to, to preserve a shot out or uh, keep a lead, what have you. So. Um, I know I'm going long, long on that answer, uh, but that's no, that's you're club. No, you're fine, and you're right about this upcoming uh, match with Cincinnati because the last three times these teams have met, um, you know, one nothing, one nothing, and then a two-two draw. So this is going to be a very physical, and these are two teams that know each other well not just in the front office and the coaching position, but also some of the players, mm -hmm. former players on the other side as well now. Right. Um, so and, and another funny thing to your point, you know, you talk, we talk about the goals from last year, historic numbers. The union still over the last two years um, still are the top, the, the threesome of Gazda, Uwan, Karanz are still the, even in this year, is still over the two years of the top scoring uh, trio in MLS. Guess who's okay. number two? Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, even with Bupenza um, being added, so yeah, it's been a treat to watch those guys. It, it has been. Um, so we're we're seeing some clashes of you know, like you said, styles. Um, both Pat and Jim know each other well. What they want to do. Um, but from your as, uh, aspect up there and looking ahead to this game, what is the key to the game to get the Union back to the Eastern Conference Finals, in your opinion? Well, I think it's to <clears throat> take advantage of whatever that change is going to be. And I, I mentioned that early on of the center backs without Miazga out due to uh, suspension, Nick Haglin out due to injury. Um, they're going to have to make a change. And I don't expect Pat and his staff to deviate from three or call it five in the back. So mm -hmm. three center backs are going to be there. And uh, my guess is is probably Ray Gaddis will come in as, as one of those spots because I, I don't see them putting Sammy Arias, who plays the right wing back spot. I mean, Ray can play that. I, I and, he, and he's played that against the union, I think, coming in um, as a sub in one of the games. One of these started, I think, one he subbed on. Um, so I think it's number one, it's trying to exploit that matchup. Who is that change going to be? Um, number two is when Barriel gets high up on the left, which he will, and Arias yeah. high on the right. How can we quickly dispossess yeah. Cincinnati out of the middle, catch those guys high and get behind them to create overloads on the outside? And I'm not trying to simplify it, but I'll give you kind of a tactical breakdown here, but to see where we can hit them on a counter, where we can have these like little 2v1s on the flanks to get some crosses in. And, and you know, like I said earlier, you get like get a minimum of four crosses and a half. That's wonderful. Like we didn't get a ton of crosses. I remember, um, I believe it was in game one against New England. I thought where was where or on decision day, I'm actually thinking about. Um, when we were up there, I was like, where were the crosses in half number one? I know mm -hmm. we lost on decision day due to the brace, uh, Gustavo Bow, and obviously erased with the win in the playoffs over New England. Um, but that for me is key. Um, another one is the health of Obino Wabodo is probably one of the best midfielders mm -hmm. in the league. Um, I know he was subbed out in the Red Bull game. I know he's kind of been mired with a little bit. I, I think it's like a leg or a foot injury. He's great. Uh, connects passes, 
puts out fires, will we'll stop impending attacks or transition moments, will start them for Cincinnati. It's kind of like your do it, your do it all kind of guy, the midfield. If he doesn't he play, that's huge. That's a huge miss for Cincinnati. And I don't know it if really like is. Pinto starts for them or one of their younger kids, mm-hmm. uh, Yukubo, um, could come in and play that spot. Um, if if Wobodo can't go, that's a huge advantage for the Union if they're missing Wobodo, Haglin, and Miazga. My goodness. Um, yeah. So that's another one. Um, and then I will say, you know, in the attack, <clears throat> Jose Martinez has to be a stalwart on Lucho Acosta. Mm-hmm. Um, They're right there. You know, yep. I, I know Jose's guy. I know he has one yellow card in the playoffs. He's, I know he'll be up for the challenge. You, you know what Jose can do. And uh, yeah. it's not just going to be him, but it's also going to be Danny Gostock, like our 10 against their 10. And how, what do, what are you seeing product? Productivity-wise, from the number tens, how do we get our front three clicking? And I don't want to see like, you know, our guys not having any scoring opportunity. And I'm seeing it's Vasquez and if Dominic Baji starts for them up top or Sergio Santos, former mm-hmm. player, um, and Acosta just wheeling and dealing with Barriel. Like to me, like the toughest matchup is the Barriel Acosta Vasquez, like that triangle there. If you think about that, like on that top left. And you would say that's kind of, if you're going off previous games, you know, that's that Olivier Baizo, Jack Elliott, Jose Martinez, Ellie Bedoya realm right on that side of the field, like their left or right. Um, how are those four or five guys in just that vicinity going to handle Cincinnati's attack? Because Cincinnati can hit you hard. Uh, I know Acosta's a dynamic playmaker. He's having a heck of a year. Um, but I think, like, though our union guys, they'll know the game plan very well. Obviously, you can watch a ton of film on the recent games of Cincy and, and the games that we played them this year, even going back to Leon Flock heroics last year in the playoffs, right? The conference semifinals, right. 59th yeah. minute goal. People forget it's kind of a weird goal that he scores. Like I, I it was yeah. Scored, just... I couldn't believe it when I called it. Yeah. Radio I was like, oh my God, it's Leon Flock. Um, I'm I'm sitting up in the river end and I'm just in shock. I'm like, did Leon Flock just score? A goal? Yeah, it was kind of like, 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 like a volley or like a little flick. Yeah, it was like a little yeah, flick off his butt, and like it was right on our side too. So we didn't see him flick, and I'm like, is that going in? Oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's going. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it just went in. Whereas all everybody, it was like a pause reaction. River and like, and I mean, everybody's <laughs> yeah. I don't recollect every moment of that game, but and obviously it's a one nothing game, but. Cincinnati is a much better team than they were then, but they hung in that game. Um, obviously, oh, it's easy to say that was one nothing, but if you if you go back and I encourage people listening or watching this, go back and watch the highlights of the 2022 Eastern Conference semifinals. Union against Cincinnati was close, and uh, you know the matchups here. Um, you know, being there's a what what do they have? Uh, one loss at home this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know what it was uh, in the regular season. I think it was one. Um, it's a tough place to TQL stadium is going to be rocking. It's a tough place to win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if people say, Hey, it's like 51 49 Cincy, you know, because they're at home. I, I mean, I guess I see that or because of the one seed, maybe it's a little bit more from the national pundits perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm I'm feeling confident because of like all just a couple of the the guys that might be missing for them. Um, obviously, we won't have Kai, so you know Nate's going to hold down that left that left back spot and likely you know see what Jim wants to do. Olivier Bizer likely on the right, uh, but we'll we'll see how we'll counter them. Um, but I think if you just limit the playmaking ability of Acosta. And don't sleep on Dominic Baji, by the way, who's been playing very well for that, um, too. Yeah. So it's like the union. They don't have too many weaknesses across the field, um, in, in my opinion, which has made them very successful. I do think it's the type of game being the playoffs. If we, like, punch them in the mouth, we get that. If we score first, I'm not going to say if we score, we win the game. And I know it's probably yeah. easy to say, oh, we scored first, we had the momentum. Yes, that's true. But I really I, I just would love to see us like set the tone. And even if we don't score first, if we come up with promising attacking sequences and challenge a, a goalkeeper who actually went to the same college I did, Roman Celentano, has been playing very well this year. And the reason why they picked him so high, I think what was he like a second overall? I don't have my boards in front second. of me. Yeah. Um, out of IU a couple of years ago. I mean, he's been great. But I think the union have to challenge him, even if it's some shots from the outside, more than we challenged uh, Jacob Jackson, who started decision mm -hmm. for New England in game one, and then they went to Earl Edwards Jr. because after a couple shaky mistakes by Jackson that led to penalties and, uh, and Edwards coming in in game two, um, you know, it's going to be Celentano, and and I just want to see the union, you know, challenge a guy that has inexperience in MLS playoffs, different mm -hmm. from Andre Blake and the rest of the group. Fortunately, this doesn't go right to penalties. You know, if it's tied, we we do have the, the two 15-minute yes. halves of extra time, and then we would go to a penalty shootout. So that's just important for everybody listening or watching to, to understand from now to the end. Um, so – I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping it's uh, it's a it's a great union performance. Uh, it, it sucks that there's this big 17 day break, but mm -hmm. I know the guys will be ready. I, I see I, I'm down there at training. I see it. I talk to people. I'm just watching and observing, and I know the fire's going to be there. I know it's disappointing that they're not at home doing it, um, but but they'll be ready, and uh, I can't wait to call it um, coming up soon. Yeah. Well, awesome. This has been great. Um, you know, we're super excited to go out there yeah. and be a part of that too and uh, see a new stadium and uh, you know, hopefully we get some really great calls, you know, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying it right now. I feel a Brujo banger coming. There you go. That, that, Let's go. That, Just that like must Orlando? have been a fun one to call. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. That must've been a fun one to call. I'll tell you oh what. My God, we were going was, crazy. We were back uh, in the oh. booth next to our technical <laughs> booth. Oh my god! When he hit yeah. that, woo! Yeah, yeah, we were watching here at home. And how? Oh, yeah. how much? I mean, how accurate is he getting? You know, he's been very close. You know, even recent, yeah. you know, recent uh -huh. performances of scoring again. Did yeah, have, I mean, yeah. did he have one in uh, the New England one? Did he have one in Game One that was really close at home? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah, he it was, was close. like it was just like, oh my gosh, that that was going in. I mm -hmm. mean, we were all like, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't no, be surprised I, if you see some like you know shots from outside the eighteen. I think is kind of forgotten. I, and to your point, you know, whether it's Jose or somebody else, you know, 
if you have a shot from 20, 25 yards, take a rip. Let the ball skid yeah, again mm-hmm. across the grass. Let the goalkeeper make a decision. Why not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But what do you guys think? What's your predictions on the game? I know we're all pro- cool. we're all hoping for a union win, but how you how you treat? We are. I, I I don't make predictions. Oh, <laughs> but, but my whole thing is uh, pretty much everything you said. Like if we can shut down Acosta, make yeah. sure that he, you know, that's where Jose is going to be key. And if we just keep the pressure on in the attack when we have the opportunities. Like Jim always says, create chances, but also get those chances. And if we were already to get a goal early, keep the gas on the Don't pedal. Don't let them come back like yes. they did against us at home. Yes, because we can't do that. And they, and they I, won't I think forget we, that they will not forget. No, that. they won't. No, I don't mm-hmm. think they will either. So if we can do that, and as also Jim always says, be brave and you know take some smart chances. Um, and that that's to you, Damien. I love you, but don't be reckless at times. And, and you know, oh, like, yeah. but at the same time, I don't think he's just going reckless abandonment. Just sometimes don't get caught too far up out of position where, mm-hmm. you know, now you're going to leave Jack on an island or, or Biza or somebody. But I think if we do that, play sound defensively, um, limit the cost of chances, and, you know, keep the pedal on. Anything's possible. Yeah, I yeah, just I don't seen it before. I don't want to see a penalty given at all like this. I, I I don't think it would. I hope it doesn't happen for either team. I I hope these goals come from open play, and there's nothing crazy that happens. And uh, right. I hope it's Sorry, Jilly. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I was gonna say. I mean, I could see it going to. I could see it being like one-one, and then going to extra time, um, and then us maybe having some heroics and winning it there are, i, I are, still have ptsd from uh last november are you um, calling another one of your heroics again uh when you're uh captain heroic uh mr chris donovan are chris you... donovan i called that kyle you did you okay did. when chris donovan was coming in i was like yeah watch chris donovan have like the game winner again <laughs> oh my god that's what the one he scored against I... eight to row and the, and the yes. quarters and then this one and this one, I got to be honest, was so hard to see because right. we were calling it, you didn't know. And I'm very careful when I call these type of goals. Like, you know, Jack hits this free kick and it's rolling through everybody. And I'm like, when it first happened, Donovan's there, Sullivan's there. There's a bevy of New England players. So I'm like, well, I see Donovan celebrating all that, but could it have been an own goal? Could it have been Jack? And I kind of, you know, took more of a conservative call at it and then obviously added like after I saw like the replay. Oh, okay, it was was Donovan, but credit to Chris getting a piece of that because like like I just mentioned, like there there was just there was a slew of players in that mix. And how he got a flick there was amazing. Oh, yeah. Great ball by McGlynn as well on mm-hmm. the deck. And you're right. It could be another uh, Donovan heroics, whether he starts or comes in off the bench. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that would be great to see. Yeah, so again, Dave, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. We had so much fun just talking union as always. And so thank you for your time. Yeah, we greatly appreciate it. This was one of my favorite conversations I think we've done on here. This is great. It, it has been. Um, yeah. I really appreciate that. And congrats on this venture for, for both of you. And happy, sorry for my voice a little bit. I'm, you know, when I'm talking a lot. Oh. 
I have a lack of water in front of me, so I apologize for coughing a little bit uh, on the pod today. But uh, I had a lot of fun, and uh, you, you two are very well versed with the union, and and thank you for your 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 partnership and uh, and you know what you do for the club and your support. Uh, just just from my seat as a broadcaster, uh, you know I'm hopefully I'm that bridge from the players to to the fans in some way, and uh, it's I one of the things I do miss. Uh, being out there, like I said, is like the interaction with the fans as much like when I was on the set above section 113. Um, so mm-hmm. talking to you guys was, was great and it rekindled a lot of my memories of that. So thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great and can't wait to hear your cause. I mean, we'll have to probably hear, well, have to hear them after the fact, of course, and since, since we okay. won't be there, but we look forward to hope, hope you have some great ones to call for sure. We'll get and, you going um, on your way to school, you know, when you're teaching those seventh and uh, eighth graders, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you jumping in the morning cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must've replayed the um, Brujo one in Orlando like a million times. Oh, um, I showed that to my students like the next day I showed it to my students. I was like, I was still hyper. I'm like, you guys got to watch this. This is the greatest like goal I've seen this year. That should have been goal of the year oh, in my God. very biased opinion, but um, yeah. So um, again, thank you. And um, you know, if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? At Dave Leno TV on Twitter and Instagram are probably the best uh, spots to to find me. And, uh, you know, I'm always available to, you know, have these conversations again. Um, thank you guys so much for, for having me. Obviously, if you see me <clears throat> at the stadium walking around uh, towards, you know, walking from the Sons of Ben tailgate or just, you know, coming in from where I park and or at the stadium, please don't hesitate mm-hmm. to introduce yourself say hello um and love to talk uh union and, and share a fandom uh for this great team that we're all a part of so um social media is great but if you ever get a chance to say hello in person please do that absolutely uh and so this is all for um our episode of the one team we agree on make sure to subscribe and leave a comment we love hearing from you And if you have any ideas on future episodes or guests, please send them our way. And until next time, I'm Kyle. I'm Jillian. And we'll see you at the game.